This episode of Fumble Podcast contains adult themes and disturbing recollections. It is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Certain mentioned names in this episode have been censored out of respect to the privacy of the individuals. Enjoy the episode. Let's peace these broken pieces together. Alrighty, we are on to episode eight here uh, tonight, um, and our our scenery, our setting, as you guys can see, is different. Um, we're actually in Old Town, Sacramento tonight, and uh, my guest tonight, we're going to get into some real discussions, So, and it's going to get pretty dark at times, and it could get... Uh, pretty deep into certain topics because we're going to delve into the life of my uh, good friend here who I've known since Sac City days. Jeez, you know, long yeah, time. Long time, long time, almost 20 years. Um, and uh, he's going to talk to us about um, his, his the good days, the bad days, and everything in between as far as what he's gone through. Um, he's definitely not had... Uh, your fairy tale type of lifestyle. So get ready to um, learn. And that's why I'm here. My good friend, Dennis McBride. How you doing, buddy? Doing well, my friend. Thank you. Thank, yeah, you. Man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Uh, fellow musician. Um, he mentored me uh, when I was a young buck around here. <laughs> And I didn't know... Uh, you did it all yourself. All <laughs> I did was just point you in the direction. You're Man, amazing. It was fun, though. Those those Christmas shows back in the day yes, for the Red Hat Society, that was fun. Um, yeah, he definitely taught me, though, to, to be myself, which I think is is something we can all do more of. And I still, I still need reminders at times, even today. We at, all do. At, at 35. But... Uh, I'm 52. This <laughs> is... Maybe too. I still gotta get hit in the back of the head sometimes. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, how is everything going for you? I know you've been through some, well, many challenges throughout your life, but more recently, uh, and we'll delve into your past. But I'd like to start with this uh, hike that you went on. Oh, okay, yeah. sure, yeah. sure. Uh, well, you know, I um, you can go to my YouTube channel. There's yeah. only four videos on it. That's it's, fine. it's just love, love matters. I, I'd watched, uh, an episode of Rick Steves Europe. You know? Tell me about that. I haven't and it was it. just, it's just some PBS show that, and he goes through Europe and, and sees different places. And one of the, ep- this particular episode, they were talking about backpacking through Europe. Okay. And I started thinking, well, if, if you can backpack through Europe, why can't you backpack across California? Yeah. And because uh, I love to go backpacking, you know, uh, so I thought, why not? So I uh, put my pack together, way too much stuff. It was about <laughs> 45 pounds. I mean, I brought my guitar and everything and because I, <laughs> I had this ambition. I was like, you know what? I'm going to walk from Sacramento 
to Fort Bragg because Fort Bragg is my favorite place in, in California. Yeah. And uh, I mapped it out. I figured it'd take me a couple weeks to get there. You know, I was ambitious. Three days later, <laughs> I was done. But uh, the thing was it, was, it was less about the extent of the trip. Because when, when I, talking about it, the idea of it was is magical, of mm-hmm. course. But when I, that Friday morning when I sat there and I had my whole pack put together and it was time to go, that's when I shot that video and I was scared. Yeah. Because I, I don't take guns with me. Mm-hmm. I don't take knives with me. The only time I've ever needed any type of weapon is when I had one. <laughs> so, so I, 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 wherever I go, I, I just don't take them with me. Yeah. And so this trip was no different. And I started walking. And uh, with each step, it it was tough. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I couldn't even put the pack on at first because what I because I parked at a friend's house. So I wouldn't have my van and, you know, yeah, because I figured I was going to be gone for weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for a few days. So uh, I parked at a friend's house and uh, I pulled the pack out and I go to put it on. It was funny as hell. I just I was like a, a, a dog spinning in a circle <laughs> trying to put this damn thing on. How heavy was it? It was really 45 pounds. 45 pounds. Wow. Yeah, because I had I had to because I thought I was going to go all that way. I had to have a bear canister because you can't have food. Not in a, if you don't have a bear canister, bears will eat you. you know? <laughs> yeah. so, what is in a bear canister? Your food. Okay, okay. Because oh, you, I you see. put it somewhere away from your camp oh, wow. so that if a bear smells it, because they can still smell smell it, yeah. they can't get into it because it's, it's, it's a type of plastic that even a bear can't break. Right, right, right. But you don't want it in your tent while they're trying to find out whether they can break it or not. <laughs> yeah. you, know? <laughs> you want it somewhere else. <laughs> wow. And you, so you carry that type of thing when you go in a place where there's going to be bears. Yeah. And since I, my ambition was all that way, I carried that and a whole bunch of other stuff that I didn't need. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, I, the first day I got to the Yolo Causeway, right at the, at, the, at the bottom of the Yolo Causeway, you know where it really starts to go across? Uh-huh. At, if you, at the bottom, there's a, there's a, a little pathway, and, and there's homeless people who live down there. And, yeah. It's a little messy, and people were fishing down there, and yeah. I just set up camp and fell asleep. Yeah. Woke up the next day and walked through Davis and camped the second night at an orchard the other side of Davis. Huh. And, you know, I, I was thinking that, you know, because before I left, I called the police and I called uh, uh, state troopers and, you know, just to make sure I could do it. Oh, wow. Because, you know, think about it. You, you, the legalities you can, of it. Yeah, what yeah. can you really, you can, you can say that I should be able to walk there, but can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can. Yeah. You just simply cannot walk along the freeways. Oh, wow. But, like, 80 has, like, the Yolo Causeway right. has a path yeah. that goes right along the freeway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just simply walk along. Yeah. yeah I've no. driven it. Yeah, <laughs> I've driven I, past it. Yeah, and, and, and I think that was the real eye-opener for me is because it really took me three days of hard work to get from Sacramento to Winters. Winters, wow. You know, and you know, Winters, that's a 40-minute drive. Yeah, 40-minute drive, yeah. You know, and when, when I got to the, when I finally realized, because my third, the third day I woke up, it was foggy and rainy and mm. wet, and 
everything I put on was wet. Yeah. The tent was wet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm walking in the wet and it started raining and I was already really sore and I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and And you were happy to end it there. <clears throat> it's less about whether I was happy or not, because at the time I was not. I was felt defeated. Mm. I felt as if I'd set a goal for myself and couldn't accomplish it. Mm. That's one of the things I'm I won't say that I'm adamant about. Mm-hmm. But it, it has been a problem that I've had in my life. When I set a goal, you cannot get in my way. I will accomplish the goal, whether I have to step on your neck or not. Yeah. I will accomplish this goal. Have you gotten in your own way? Oh, many, many, yeah. many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, that, that, and, and that's, part of the, that's part of the fear. Yeah. And that was what the beautiful part about that trip was. Because I was so afraid that it just kind of broke it. Yeah. And then since that trip, and this was just in January, right. early January, since that trip, that, that overwhelming fear that seemed to really be something I could not, I was almost its victim. Because yeah. it would just pull me lots of different ways. Yeah. And I'd be in a great place and then a bad place, in a great place and a bad place. And all of, it, was, it was just not, it was a very uncomfortable place to live. Yeah. And even though because of the work I've done in recent years, it's not nearly as severe as it was when I was younger. Mm-hmm. It's still there. Mm-hmm. And if I want to live, I got to be able to understand how that works. And by taking that simple walk three days, yeah. it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you, what would you say you learned from that experience? What was the... I would say that the best thing that I learned is that there's nothing really to be afraid of. Mm. I make all of it up. <laughs> yeah. I make all of my fears up. Yeah. In reality, I was just laying in a tent. Yeah. Walking down a street. In reality, right. that's all I did for three days. Yeah. Very matter of fact. Nothing special. Yeah. No big. There was no great amazement that was happening. It was just walking for three days. Yeah. Yeah. And yet. It was so life-changing because there was nobody else there with me. Yeah. Well, no, no human person with me. I mean, mm-hmm. you, we always have God with us. You right. know, we always have that, that spirit with us. Yeah. You know? And that's the beautiful, beautiful part of my life. I wouldn't be here without that. Yeah. Because <laughs> Lord knows there's been plenty of things trying to kill me my whole life, <laughs> including me. You know? yeah. and, and none of it has been successful because I needed to be here. Yeah. You know, I, I, I of all the, you know me in in this podcast is it's difficult to be this beginning. They don't really have a point of reference of who I am. Right. In order to give them that point of reference, it it's important to really know that where you came from, where I came yeah. from, all these different things. Yeah. I mean, it it, you, it it's it, people talk about fear and. To understand fear, the, the type of fear that I, I've had to deal with is mm-hmm. um, it's it it's taken a, it's taken fifty years of my life to find a way to deal with all that fear, yeah. so that I can be this person and finally be the person that I want to wanted to be my whole life. So you you so you can say now, based on this uh, uh, backpacking experience, that you conquered fear. Well, we, it, it, we, we, we want to spike the football, 
because somebody wants to, somebody tells us that we have to be done. Yeah. I've accomplished this no, goal. Right. I've walked this mountain. I've whatever the hell yeah. bullshit we want to offer yeah. ourselves. Yeah. What I found in my life is every time I learn something, my mind makes me forget it. Mm. Because the way our brains work is we are constantly rewriting dendrites, these little connections inside of our brains. Mm -hmm. We're constantly rewriting these things. Now, if we want to solidify a, a lesson, we write that dendrite, we forget about it, and we come from another direction. We write another version of it. Mm. And if we come with the same solution, that's a very strong answer. Mm -hmm. And if we come from it from multiple directions, that's a solid answer. Yeah, yeah. And so when facing and dealing with my fears, whether looking at the physiology, the anatomy, the, the neuroscience, or whatever, yeah. understanding the traumas, that was necessary. That's, that's what got me through. I yeah. hope I didn't just lose my train of thought. No, no, no. Okay, no, you understand. No. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the, you, it, for you, it's from all aspects of humanity, you were able to get to that same point as, as you're and, saying. And, and it's, it, it, it's, it's more it, all aspects of my humanity. Right, your humanity. See, because I, 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 all of my answers are my answers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can offer them to you, yeah. but they're simply my answers. Yeah. Yeah. And if you try to follow my answers, you're likely going to find yourself in a bad place right. because they're not your answers. It's not my experience. Right. Yep. So the best I can offer you is this is what happened. Yeah. So... I guess the best thing that I can say right now is to give you who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And is that, is that what you'd like now? No, hundred percent. Yeah. So we started at the semi end. Now mm -hmm. we're going to go to the semi beginning. And, okay. um, first of all, you were born in, I was born in Belleville, Illinois. Oh, really? See, mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I thought you were born in Missouri. I was, well, I, I'm, I'm Belleville, Illinois is right across the river from St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. Okay. So, when I say when people ask me where I'm from, I say St. Louis yeah. because it's it that's where I grew up. I'm going in and out of St. Louis, but okay. I actually am from grew up in a place called Alton, Illinois, which is a little north of St. Louis, about okay. thirty miles. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cool, man. Mm -hmm. Is that where you learned to say guitar? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> boy. That's all. That's that's Mississippi River. I, I, yeah. I, that's that's some serious Mississippi mud, right? <laughs> I love that. I love uh -huh. that. Um, so, childhood. Okay, talk about that. You know, and I, I'm going to preface this with, I, last year I, I, I went to a therapist okay. and I was talking to him and uh, he quite literally, he didn't believe the crap that I was saying to him. Mm. And I talked to my sister and my brother, one of my brothers, uh, a few days past that and explained my experience and they were both like, yeah, we've been exactly in that place where therapists just can't possibly believe that people lived that yeah. and survived it. Yeah. How many so, siblings do you have? I have three older brothers and one younger sister. And you all grew up in this same uh, age difference, roughly? Was well, I, my, two, I have, my, my oldest brother's passed away. He passed away a couple years ago. Okay. Uh, my second oldest brother, he is, uh, he's four years older than I. Mm -hmm. um, my next oldest brother is one year older than I, mm -hmm. and my sister's three years younger than okay. I. Okay. Okay. So I mean, it 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 a little bit spread out, but yeah. not nearly too bad. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's five <laughs> kids. Yeah. So you're the second to last. 
second to the last. Yeah. I was the I'm the youngest boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, How was that being the younger brother? It, it before we can we go there, we have to go back a little. Bit. Okay. Okay, we really do because it it in order to understand that family dynamic, you yeah. need to know the severity of of what my family was. I mean, we. When when that doctor asked me to to give me a brief give me a brief description of your childhood, yeah. I said it was dysfunctional yeah. and violent. Okay. And he he's like, well, that's a little too brief. And I go, okay, well. And and this is in the interim of of, of your listeners. Okay? Yeah. This is this is for them. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. the traumas that I experienced. If I go into too much detail, I can actually give you those traumas. I got you. And I would like very much not to do too much of that. Okay. So that I don't offer that to your listeners. Sure. So with that in mind, Mm -hmm. I will give what I have to give so you get the point of reference that I'm talking about. Okay. So the first time I was beaten unconscious, I was three and a half years old. Mm -hmm. The first time I was sodomized violently sodomized and raped i was just under six mm. now the scary part about the rape was that i didn't understand what the hell the guy was doing it wasn't the first time i'd had sex it mm. was just the first time i'd been raped wow. and it just scared the shit out of me because i didn't know what he was doing mm. but he put a beautiful caveat on it mm. he said i love you when he was done with it mm. and that really of all the problems that I had growing up the hardest thing that I had to deal with was understanding what love meant Mm. because people used me for a punching bag Mm -hmm. or for a sex toy or for just an emotional gas station Mm -hmm. and when they needed me they loved me Mm. by these people you're referring to I'm assuming people in the neighborhood, outside of family. Everyone. Everyone. I, I, I didn't know. I, did, I didn't know a single adult who didn't have sex with me, including my own mother. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not one. Mm-hmm. And if and, and oh, I, I, let me put this back. I knew uh, other people's parents and stuff. You know that I didn't really have any point of contact with. Mm-hmm. But any real direct contact with a person. They needed me for a reason, whatever it was. Yeah. And me, all I wanted to do was smile. Yeah. And when you're in that type of violent situation, my smile became a challenge. Mm-hmm. Every day, every day, until I turned 12 years old, somebody did their best to knock the smile off my face violently. And it never worked. I always smile. And I still do. You still do, man. Yeah. And uh, that's obviously not easy. And how, what, made, what made you... Um, I guess it's the uh, chicken or the egg argument here. What, um, were you resilient before these traumatic experiences that you went through happened? Or as a result, did you become more and more resilient with the smiling? Well, here, here's the thing. I, 
in the last four years, I've done a real life review for myself so mm-hmm. I could understand these things. Okay. Because I didn't have any of this. Mm-hmm. This was, it was just a whole bunch of supposition and no real answers for myself. Yeah. As I started going back and learning, I started understanding that, you know, I'm, I'm severely autistic. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, I was born with what what is is kind of like Asperger's it's mm-hmm. i it, it's when you start offering labels yeah. no label fits anybody perfectly right, right. so it's kind of like it, you can off you can only go so far it's it, what i had was all of my senses were super high so my emotions super high yeah my t- it, feeling if you touched me it hurt wow so my brother's response to hurting me when I t- or touching me and hurting me was they would tickle me. Mm. And, you, and what you might think is just it, it was it was excruciating to me. Yeah, yeah. However, here's the beautiful thing that happened. They broke it. I can hug you. I can shake your hand. Yeah. I can love you, and it doesn't hurt me. So the torture that my brothers did helped me. Wow. Okay, but I didn't know it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't until I'm 50 years later, I go back and look at it and go, hey, maybe it wasn't so bad. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know? And I think that's, the, that's the, the beauty that we are offered as adults is the impressions that we get as a child about our lives and the answers we create as a child they they really don't play so well as an adult yeah i mean think about it if you had to get everywhere on your the bicycle you had when you were 10 years old you'd have a very limited life yeah but we seem to want to get everywhere on the crap that we create as children yeah and think that we're doing something mm-hmm. instead of realizing that maybe I don't need the bike anymore. I can get a car. <laughs> right. But I got to learn. I got to teach myself that it's just a tool. Yeah. But if I tell myself that that bike is my entire life, I'll never turn to a car. Yeah. And so the lessons that I had as a child were like a whole lot of bikes. Yeah. That I was not willing to put down. I'll trade for this bike, for this bike, and this bike, for this bike. Yeah. But never was I willing to grow with a, grow up and be an adult and buy a car. Almost like tunnel vision, maybe. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's part of the traumas. Yeah. The traumas just come at you in thousands of different ways, and until you deal with them, you're going to have to figure something out. And that's my blessing was weed. Mm. It was, it, because my, my oldest brother was such a drug problem. You know, mm. I drugs. I stayed the hell away from drugs all of my life. Wow. Cause, yeah. I mean, it, it. Where I grew up, you had two choices. Two choices: do drugs or get out. Because huh. yeah, you did drugs. You're there. You're not leaving. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and and so I was terrified. I was going to go. I had to get away from it. And. A few years ago, a friend of mine introduced me to some marijuana, and I found that all of that anger, I could calm it enough to maybe start working a little bit. Yeah. 
It helped you function. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was less of, of just function. It was so I could deal with those things. Right. Because right. you, when you look at just a small little caveat, that first rape, mm-hmm. when I told my mom, she smacked me and said, shut up, you'll ruin his life. I, oh, no, that ain't it. No, yeah. The next day, there was a cop that would drive around, because we lived on a, a, a campus, a, a university campus. Okay. There was a cop that would drive, a university cop that would drive mm-hmm. around, and he always seemed like a nice guy. And I went up to his car, and I, and I told him. He invited me into his car, took me to a secluded place, and made me blow him. Yeah. So you got to understand that you were losing trust. There was no trust. Yeah. There was absolutely no trust anywhere. Yeah. And and not very long after the rape, maybe six months, I was I was walking along and I I saw this bus. It was a Sunday, and I asked them where they're going, and they said we're going to church. And I'm like, can I go? Huh. They said sure. So I I didn't know where the hell they were taking me. Yeah, yeah. I went to this place church. Yeah. And they sent me to Sunday school, and they gave me a gift that I had never, ever experienced to that point in my life. You were, what, I seven had, at this point? No, six. Six. Just, just over six. Yeah. Uh, I had two cookies and a glass of punch that was not adorned with anybody's spit. Because as a six-year-old boy with three older brothers, I never tasted a cookie it wasn't either licked, spit on, oh or God. something. Yeah. You know, and I was like, this is the greatest place in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they started talking about this person, this Jesus person. And, and, I, and, I, and I, this, is, this is less of a, of, of a religious conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a, a something that I found that I had never found before. Yep. This Jesus person was about love. Yeah. And I loved loving people. Mm-hmm. Even though they, whatever they did, it wasn't enough to stop me from loving them. Mm-hmm. Even though I felt like a complete idiot, because why is it that there's a thing inside of me that won't let me stop yeah. caring? Yeah. Why do I have to keep coming back yeah. just to get beat? Mm-hmm. But it was. It was who I was. Mm-hmm. And... When I found this character, I was amazed because here's this person talking about love, not about sex, yeah, not about violence, not about control, mm-hmm. just love. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I like that mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. A couple weeks later, I'd miss the bus, mm. and the church was about five miles from my home. And I was like, fuck this shit. Mm-hmm. I walked yep. to the church. Now, I got to the church. I didn't get Sunday school. I was too late. Yeah. And I uh, didn't even really get church. I just kind of ca- caught the bus home. But the guy who r- drives the bus goes, you weren't here this morning. Yeah. I said, no, I walked here. He said, what? You know, because I'm six years old. Yeah. You know, I walked six miles yeah. <laughs> into town. Yeah. You know, and, and so... If I became a celebrity in their church because here's this baby who wanted to see Jesus and mm-hmm. wanted to be a part of this feeling, you know, and they, it, it was a wonderful thing. Yeah. 
the drawback is, is that, you know, uh, reality is that the ideal is the love, mm -hmm. but we're flawed people. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those people who I think they meant well, they still had their traumas. Mm. I mean, there was, I've, I've had sex with people telling me not to have sex before marriage. Wow. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a hard thing to really take that from somebody. And they're behind you, banging at you, and you're, they're going, you shouldn't have sex with before you're married. And yeah. I'm going, really? Yeah. You know, I, I, it's, it's amazing some of the conversations I've had with people talk, you know, cause I told well, you and I have had a conversation that, yeah. you know, I went back over the last few years and talked to the people who have been my greatest bullies. Yeah. And, and I want to get into that. No, I do we'll, want to we'll, get, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, you know, yeah. but I mean, that was, that was part of my healing. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to do that. Yes. Yeah. It, it, with, without it, it was, there was no way of, it was all guessing after that. Yeah. So but, uh, to give a time frame, you, you've, you found Jesus. <laughs> I found Jesus at six years old. Yeah. Yes. You found Jesus at six years old and you, so now you're going to this church, Sunday school. And then, and then, you know, things broke down. My mom moved away. We, my mom moved a lot. Yeah. The, the most stability we had was during that period where we were, where my mom was going to college. My sister, my sister, and I have a very special relationship. Mm -hmm. We've always been able to communicate whether we used words or not. Huh. Um, for the biggest chunk of my early life, I hardly spoke at all. Yeah. She was, she and I, she's three years younger than me, mm -hmm. but I tell you, it was, we just had, we've always had this place where we could communicate yeah. together. Yeah. And when she was two years old, she, uh, she could do mathematics and read very well. Hmm. She's an incredibly intelligent person. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember talking to her and telling her that you really don't want to show these people because once you show people, they can do some really bad things. And uh, show them her talent? Show them what she could do. Yeah. And uh, she did. She showed them in, in preschool. And they moved us on to this campus, and they studied her. Hmm. And by the time she was five, she was not in a good place. Hmm. Now, it could have been a lot more than just the, the stuff that they did to her because there was so much going on in our lives that she was broke. Were you all four of you? Were you all victimized? All five of us. All five of you. Sorry. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in we victimized each other. We we, we were victimized by everyone we knew. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a point where my mom took us to Arizona, and uh, my sister and I were sold into this uh, place where this entire group of people had sex with us. It, it, it wow. it's amazing we even survived because we weren't even. I, I it was 1977, so I would have been nine years old, and she would have been six. Wow, you know, and uh, yeah. I, so I mean, it, it, the 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 level of of violence and abuse you start to understand at this point. Yeah, yeah. Okay, when I was 12 years old, I moved in with a man who only molested me. He didn't beat me. He didn't starve me. And you know what? I survived. Mm -hmm. 
Because you get, you, 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 people go, oh my God, that's horrible. Yeah. And you go, no, guess, check it out. If you're starving on the street over here, you know what's more horrible? Starving on the street. (laughs) Because there's so much violence in certain pockets that it's worth a little bit of something so that you can live. Because I got through high school. I learned how to perform. He was a musician, so he taught me mm. music yeah. to a degree. Yeah. You know, I was able to establish my life. I just talked to him a couple of days ago. He's a dear friend of mine. I love him very much. His name is, well, I don't want to give his name out because yeah, that's, no, that's, that's not fine. cool. That's but fine. I mean, the thing is, is that it was less about what he needed to do to me. Yeah. And I, I can give you the whole reason of why he did what he did. Mm. And, and, and yes, I could blame him. I could say, you evil motherfucker. Yeah. But how does that solve anything for him or me? Mm. But by creating a conversation together, we both get to heal. Mm. And we both get to be okay. Is this one of the people you had to go back and visit? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I've been back there a couple of times. Both times I've been drove back, I stopped and had dinner with him and talked to him. So for better or for worse, what, what I've learned so far um, is that because of these traumas or maybe just in general, your memory is, you have pinpoint accuracy, it seems, with... with well, you, you, that's, 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 that's a... Uh, it, I can get into the science of it. It's, there's, a, there's neuroscience involved, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, remember remember your, your, your Psych 101, the yeah. Pavlovian thing? Yeah. Conditioned response? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So... When, when my friend gave me the weed, mm-hmm. I found that I could calm myself. Mm-hmm. Then I started studying how our brains work. Mm-hmm. And I found that when we're babies, we go through a thing called theta consciousness, which means that a baby just absorbs information. Mm. They, they don't challenge it. They just absorb mm-hmm. it. And then in that way, they get lots of information, good and well. Mm-hmm. We lose that ability to have theta consciousness after we get to about four or five years old. Mm. But we do maintain about this much of it. We get about five minutes before we go to sleep and five minutes when we wake up. Mm. Now, so what I, what I did was I made sure I was very high before I fell asleep. And as soon as I woke up, I started smoking. What that did is it solidified this theta consciousness Mm. so that when I go to work, when I smoke, my brain goes into theta consciousness like that. Mm. So I can start working and I can absorb great amounts of information as well as have access to any part of my mind or body. Mm. Because we, I don't know how much neuroscience you've studied or not, but if we think that it's all up here, yeah, it's, it's not. not. It's not. It it literally is throughout our entire body, yeah, whether yeah. it be our enteric nervous system, which is our stomach, yeah, yeah, yeah. or our vagus system, which is our, where our fear comes right. from. You know, and th- there's real anatomy there. Oh, I I believe that because from musicians' standpoint, mm-hmm. when I'm when I learn piano, and I'll revisit a song I hadn't played for ten years, mm-hmm. 
my fingers are doing the thinking at times mm -hmm. because they remember they're the muscle memory we call it right that's right motor skills mm -hmm. that muscle memory in fact i had a student who was 75 years old mm -hmm. resume lessons after 65 years because mm -hmm. he was young he went to military he was part of a military family graduated into be, being a military uh a soldier mm -hmm. put away piano mm -hmm. for over 60 years he calls me he says i want to restart he says i don't remember a lick he said that he mm -hmm. said i don't remember a lick i was 10 or 12 mm -hmm. he spent the first day of lessons i had with him um i was reviewing scales literally the the basics mm -hmm. he learned he he said yeah i think i remember this Literally two weeks later, he was playing Moonlight Sonata again. He had played it mm -hmm. when he was 11, mm -hmm. and he had mastered it. I mean, mm -hmm. he was uh, mm -hmm. Suzuki method all the way. Right, right? Right, right. And, and so at 75, fast forward 60, 63 years later, and he was st the fingers. And he told me the same thing. He's like, my fingers are doing the work. I, don't, I didn't know that I remembered it. I just know that I played this song. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing. I just remember the title. I can honestly tell you the 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 reasons why that works, yeah. but I mean it, it's unimportant right now. But yeah. I'm saying yeah. there there is there's real real physicality right. in why that works, yeah. and we 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 want to look at our brains as this big mystic thing that nobody understands. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing about where the the various discourse communities, whether it be neuroscience or genetics or quantum physics, yeah, whatever it yeah, is, yeah. they all say very similar things. And yeah. even theology, they say very similar things. And when the information that we have available to us through the internet mm -hmm. allows us to find those things. Yeah. I don't have to delve elbow deep into mm -hmm. neuroscience to understand how my brain works. Yeah. I don't need to, I don't have to spend 12 years doing that, yeah. but I can read about it, I can learn about it, and I can go, okay, I get how this works, and I can take this over here and go, I see how this works, and you know, wow, they yeah. look very similar. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they're saying the same things, yeah, yeah. and maybe the thing inside of me looks kind of like them, maybe that's the same thing as these two things. Hmm. And you start drawing those correlations, and sometimes they're bullshit. Yeah. I ain't gonna tell you, I, sometimes the Work and work for months just to have it go. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And 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 I, that's that's the beauty of any work is understanding that you only go so far and then you come back and go so far and come back and eventually you get there. Two steps forward, one step back is the way I live my life. Yeah. And it, it takes forever to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. However, I don't. When I fall, I only fall one step back. Mm. Mm -hmm. If I run up 10 steps, I still got to go back to that only one step ahead. Yeah. So I got to fall back nine steps to get there. Yeah. So I've taught myself to just be comfortable with two steps and be okay with the fallback. Yeah. Then take two more, fall back. Yeah. And eventually I get there. And that resiliency, I mean, I would say that's part of that is resiliency. Cause you, oh, absolutely. That tenacity is important. I mean, yeah. the, the, the whole idea of not letting them beat the smile off my face. Right. That's what I wanted to get you to. You know, yeah. that's... That, you didn't even know that's what you were doing. But, you know, but, but it did, because there was a movie back in the 70s called Cool Hand Luke. Yeah. And I was a little bitty kid, and I saw this movie. And there's a scene in Cool Hand Luke where 
uh, uh, Paul Newman and George Kennedy are in a fight. And Paul Newman is much smaller than George Kennedy. Mm. And George Kennedy just beats the hell out of him. But Paul Newman, no matter what, keeps getting back up. Mm. And even when George Kennedy won't fight him anymore and picks him up, he's still hitting him <laughs> as he's being picked up. Yeah. You know, he's not doing anything to him. But, I mean, it's that fire yeah. that it's like, you know what? You can try to kill me and go ahead. I'm going to, I'm somehow I'm going to get back up. Yeah. And even I have prayed, pleaded with God, let me just stay down. Internal battle. Please. Yeah. I'm tired of the pain. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you what, there hasn't been very many days in my life where the pain hasn't been incredible. Mm -hmm. And I had to carry that shit with me. Because mm -hmm. those traumas, they're a special kind of gift. Yeah. And in order for me to even move, our, part of our anatomy is called our vagus system, V-A-G-U-S. Mm -hmm. And it keeps us from moving. It's called our freeze. Mm -hmm. Okay. We talk of fight and flight. But if you're too small to fight or f flee, mm -hmm. You got one choice, like those 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 uh, goats. You uh -huh, freeze, uh -huh. and so because the traumas were so severe, so young for me, that was always on. It's like driving with your emergency brake. Huh. Everything I wanted to do was like, yeah. fuck, yeah, 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 in order to even do it. Yeah, but the beauty of it was was just like the tickling, it broke it. Huh. Eventually, it broke it. Eventually, with the the trip. It broke it. Wow. Wow. So going to you, you, you went to church. Church wasn't what it, what you thought it was going to be. Right. And then um, moved in with when I was, or excuse, moved in with someone when I was twelve. Uh huh. You know. Um, right. And then and, and then we move on and and um, and you you, how do you come out of that? Okay. Well. So. I went, I got, I, I, not such a bad singer. Mm -hmm. He's a great singer. And well, I, <laughs> I had a full scholarship to uh, Southern Illinois university for music, mm. singing classical music. I wanted to be a blues singer, mm. you know, I, cause that's what I do. I am in bars. I yeah. sing, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, all the classical stuff. That's no fun. You just scream and holler at people and yeah. people, I don't I money's never been a real big motivator motivator for I tried yeah for a period um with my second wife to concentrate on money but I that I'd given up music and it, it that's where I destroyed my life actually yeah, yeah. you know but uh we'll get to that yeah. here in a minute so so college dropped out of college played music when I was 26 I uh well, 25, I met, mm. damn it. I'm trying not to use okay. names. We'll edit it. <laughs> Please. Um, I met my first wife mm -hmm. and, um, she was a stripper. Mm -hmm. I'm a musician <laughs> match made in heaven <laughs> or hell. <laughs> well, her father was a retired chief master sergeant of the air or chief, chief master, master sergeant in the air force. Okay. Um, and uh, she wanted to join the Air Force. Yeah. 
but she smoked a lot of weed. And at that time, I didn't smoke anything. Mm-hmm. I, you know, so I helped her stop smoking weed so she could pass the drug test to join the Air Force. Mm. So she joins the Air Force, and the ne- like, she leaves on Wednesday, and fr- on Friday, her recruiter called me, and I'm like, you know, I think I'll go too. And he's like, okay, you can go next week. And I was a week behind her, and I joined the Air Force right behind her. We ended up in the same squadron together. We got married, got stationed in Las Vegas, got divorced in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, we were we were we, we needed each other to break the pattern that we were in. Mm. The Air, the Air Force was the best thing that could have happened to me. At twenty five, what was your pattern? Giving up. Mm. I had, when, when I dropped out of college, I dropped out of life. I played music, but I didn't do anything else. Mm. And I didn't make enough to really support myself. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even any fucking good at it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the real problem with the traumas is that as much as I want to play good music, I couldn't. Yeah. It would just mess it up. You know, I could sing because the traumas don't get in the vo- in the way of my singing. It's yeah. that's I'm lucky that way. Yeah. Well, they do to a degree. Sometimes it can also help it, in a way. No. 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 Okay. That's that's a bullshit thing, and I can tell you why it doesn't work. Yeah. And I can tell you, it's a football analogy. Okay. When you play football, your coach will tell you if you play with emotions. Oh yeah. You're you're gonna lose. Because mm-hmm. all I got to do is mess you up and you're out of your game. Yeah. But you play with heart and you will win. Yeah. Because at that point, you can focus your energy and accomplish your goal. Mm. The same thing with music. I thought for years that as long as I played with emotions and passion, I could make that work. But it's just a lot of force. I see. The more I stay in my heart, the less force I have to do. It just flows. I see. I see. And I don't get in the way and I don't have the... Ah, Oh, I messed up. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's the problem that I had with emotions. Because mm. in every concert you ever will go to, you will hear a mistake. <laughs> yeah. And if you're in your emotions, when that mistake happens, you go, ah, yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you show it. Yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah, yeah. You see? I see. So the, the, the difference between uh, playing with heart versus emotions is, is I, that's where I was confusing it yeah yeah so so okay so at 25 you had given you had given up i i'd pretty much well i i I'd, I'd, I'd given up maybe about 24 i'd gotten into a car accident i was driving along and some lady pulled out in front of me and i tried to avoid her and my arm was like this and the airbag came out and hyperextended my elbow Ooh. so i had to go do therapy and everything else and i started going to the gym and working out and i started feeling good mm. and when i by the time i'd met I was playing more in St. Louis and supporting myself, but it still wasn't, wasn't nearly, it wasn't really life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, it's, it, the area back there, even when I go back now, the economic opportunities are almost none. Mm. And because the economic opportunities are so minimal, the overall sensation of humanity is limited in opportunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's unfortunate Mm -hmm. because when you get up every day and 
the majority of what you feel is just yuck. Yeah. It's hard to keep your, your energy up. Mm-hmm. And so what, what she offered me was a way to break that. Yeah. And that's what the Air Force did for mm-hmm. me. I met people. I actually thought that I was doing well. Um, I divorced my first wife and I ran it about a year and a half later or a year later. I ran into my second wife. How old were you at this point? 26, 27. 26. Okay. You know, I mean, it, this was, I, I met her in, uh, 96. Okay. We were married in 97 and yeah, we were married in 97 was born in 98 but you know um here here's the 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 real kicker of it all you know i mean um as i you know my second wife had three daughters okay i didn't know that when i met her (laughs) I, i met her she had one daughter a very little baby and uh you know we were going out and i we i enjoyed her and then uh few weeks later two more girls showed up they were at their dad's house oh. you know so they had, we were with him it was a summer thing so they were with him for the summer mm-hmm. so i didn't know and she didn't tell me and i i was like well hell with it i'll just be okay with it I, you know it's just more people to love yeah were and, you were you still uh as far as love were you still looking to give love here oh absolutely yeah, yeah. you know i mean every part of it my intention in everything that I do has always been good. Yeah. It didn't always work out that yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, man, yeah. if, if, if intention w- worked, man, I, it, right. it, 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 there'd be no limits. And, 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 un- and that was the real bad part about the traumas yeah. is that I want, it, it'd be like trying to, look through a kaleidoscope yeah. and determine what's over there. You know, it's, right. you may be able to see something over there, but all that shit's in the way and you're not really seeing it. Right. Right. You know, so I met, I met her, the three girls. I loved them very, very much. Mm-hmm. And, um, we got married in July or February of 97. Mm-hmm. She got pregnant almost immediately, mm-hmm. and I got shipped to Texas. You were still in the okay. You're still in the Air Force, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she was also in the Air Force, oh, right, right. You know? um, and uh, so I got shipped to Texas, and so she's pregnant with uh, our son, mm-hmm. and uh, the twenty week appointment came, and they couldn't find a heartbeat, mm. and so I had to come back from Texas. And I have this thing that my body developed when I was a kid to where when I can't take trauma, I start vomiting. Oh, wow. When it's just too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, that it sent me into one of those mm-hmm. things. And it lasted for six weeks. They cut my gallbladder out. They did, it, it, was, it, was a, wow. it was a big mess. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, never, I hadn't found the answer to that until about six months ago. Finally, a doctor and I figured it out. Wow. You know, with the help of other friends as well. Right. You know. But I mean, uh, yeah, it ju- you wouldn't believe the last few years because we going through all this life trauma had triggered the thing eight times. 
the eighth time was the the last one that you know thanks to the medicine it works but then one time it, I, I puked for two months straight I lost 45 pounds it was it was horrible it, in, in, in excruciating pain you know mm-hmm. um, but finally we found the answer yeah and it was no and it's really just my enteric nervous system goes through what was what they consider uh, migraines wow so and because this system here work is has just as many neurons as like a dog's brain so it can have migraine episodes we think migraine headaches yeah. but it's a migraine episode oh, wow. you know and it's simple migraine medication i take a shot i puke for 12 hours and then they take another shot and it's done you know it's pain for 12 hours but you've limited it to 12 it's hours. only 12 hours yeah you it, it is a blessing me. for you. you 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 can't imagine you can't do anything yeah you you can't I, I can't drink water wow i played a show a few years ago when it was going on it was a hundred and some degrees outside <laughs> i hadn't drank water i hadn't eaten in two weeks and i still did the show you know and I, I don't know. I don't know how I did it. I, I ain't gonna lie to you. The guys in the band were like, "Whew," you know, because I couldn't stand up. But I did yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it, it's it, these these traumas affect us in so many ways. Yeah. Tune in next Tuesday for part two of my conversation with Dennis McBride. Showcase your very best